I'm Beck Talia, and this is the Primal Alternative Podcast. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Download the app today. You're listening to the Primal Alternative Podcast, inspiration for your evolution. Hey there, Primal Pals. It's episode 107 of the Primal Alternative Podcast. It's here, and I'm stoked to introduce you to my good friend, the powerhouse in natural health, Rebecca Talia, or as many of you may know her, Beck the Naturopath. Now, I've personally been in the trenches with Beck and Elise, Elise Comerford, at Well Belly Health, where they helped me tackle the root cause of some stubborn eczema that I had been having for the last couple of years. Um, the root cause of that was a congested liver. And I started my journey uh, going through their 10-day programs. So they have a 10 days to kickstart digestion and 10 days to gut healing. Uh, as well as some more in-depth group uh, training programs as well. So believe me when I say I am a big fan. I've tested these guys out. They're great. And in this episode, Beck dives into her two-decade journey as a naturopath and nutritionist, and we're unlocking the secrets to gut health, exploring the gut and psychology syndrome, or you may have heard of GAPS approach, and understanding the profound connection between what's on our plates and our mental well-being. So here's a sneak peek into today's conversation. So first up, we're going to have Gut Health 101. So get ready for some practical tips and advice to boost your gut health and overall well-being through simple dietary changes. Beck spills the beans on her extensive experience in the natural health industry. Gaps unveiled. Wondering how the gut and psychology syndrome approach can be a game changer for anxiety and OCD. Beck is a certified GAPS practitioner and she's going to break it all down for us. Food for thought. We're going to explore the intriguing relationship between food and mental health and find out how specific specific dietary changes can be a game changer for conditions like anxiety and OCD and discover the herbal allies supporting mental well-being. And let's hear how Beck tailors her talks. So she is the host of the Natural Mama podcast, and she shares her insights on adapting the message of healthy eating for different audiences. Plus, we tackle some of those common misconceptions that need busting. And what about intolerances? Have you ever wondered about the challenges of food intolerances? Well, Beck spills the all the juice on the hurdles and shares effective strategies to manage intolerances while still enjoying a delicious, satisfying diet and still being able to be social. So buckle up because this episode is just an absolute treasure trove of wisdom from a seasoned expert. You can follow Beck at Beck the Naturopath on Instagram and Facebook, and you can check out Well Belly Health for some fantastic gut health programs. And if you use the coupon code Primal Alternative, you'll get an exclusive 20% discount. So tune in, let's learn, and let's thrive together. Yay, Beck! It's so good to have you here. And before we dive into all the juicy questions I've got lined up for you, please do start with what you had for breakfast. 
Oh, I love this question because I love talking about food and uh, breakfast is actually my most favourite meal of all. So this morning I had scrambled eggs made with some 24-hour sour cream, a little bit of dill, some veggies like um, zucchini, tomato, I think I popped in there this morning, a little bit of silver beet, um, and I had that. That was my breakfast, plus some ginger tea. Oh, yummy. That sounds very delicious. Very good. Yeah, and I'm I've to... got this in bad deal. Sorry. Yeah, got it, <laughs> it growing in your garden? Yeah, yeah. At the moment, it's like wildfire. Nice, 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 nice. Mm. Well, I was really excited to get you on the podcast because you've been really instrumental on a recent health journey that I have been on, which was um, curing some eczema or get into the root cause of the eczema, which has been such an amazing journey. Um, still on it, of course. I uh, have kept all of yep. the um, healing tools that you and Elise taught me um, with the Well Belly Protocol. Uh, and so I wanted to get you onto the show just to share some of your amazing wisdom. So my first question to jump in with Beck is your extensive experience in this natural health industry, particularly focusing on gut health, food intolerances, and the gut skin connection. Um, can you share some practical tips or advice for our listeners to improve their gut health and overall well-being with dietary changes? Yeah, absolutely. And dietary changes are a really good way to start when we're looking at gut health. I know there's a lot of um, information out there about different vitamins, minerals, herbs, nutrients, probiotics, and they're all wonderful and really, really helpful. But at the end of the day, if you've got uh, things that you can do with your diet, you have those tools forever. Um, and they're really fantastic things to have in your tool belt or you know under your hat, basically, to be able to help to manage different aspects of your gut health as well. Um, probably my biggest practical tip for people is to just go one step at a time it can be really really um i suppose you know for some people they get very excited when we start working together it's like yes give me all the things and then they end up completely overwhelmed and unable to move on any of the different um you know suggestions we might make so just simplify it take a breath and just implement one thing at a time and that may be changing your breakfast to something that's more gut friendly it can be um looking at your snacks it could be um even just removing some foods that may not be particularly useful for you as well um so that's probably my biggest tip is to take it slow and do whatever is your natural next step so when you look at, you know, um, when I usually see somebody come in to see me at the clinic, I'll generally look at their daily diet and um, I do encourage people to be as truthful as possible. There is no judgment when, you know, we're looking at people's diet. <laughs> I know a lot of people are sort of like, oh, gosh, you've got to look at it and think that I don't eat well. That's not at all how I'm viewing your, your you know, your dietary um, bits and pieces. What I'm looking for is what's your natural next step of changing to something that's going to suit you a little bit better. Generally speaking, I'll usually start with breakfast, actually, because it's a really easy one for people to change. Um, yeah, and sort of I suppose the typical Australian diet is that we have uh, or people have cereal or toast. Toast and Vegemite is pretty stock standard kind of foods for um, breakfast. So I like people to move towards a protein-forward breakfast. So that would be to include something with some sort of protein in it, be it eggs or meat or fish, um, and remove the cereal, pop in something with eggs in it. So that's a really easy kind of step for people to take which takes you a step away from processed foods or non-whole foods and a step towards something that's going to sustain you make sure you're not hungry and give you lots of fantastic nutrients that your body can use for all sorts of different things including gut healing as well you mentioned so that's probably that, my big practical tips yeah <laughs> and you mentioned about removing some foods and, and obviously getting rid of the the toast and vegemites one of them what are some of the other common um things that you you think might be better avoided 
Yeah. Look, whenever we're looking at gut health, definitely processed foods and foods that have different additives and um, colorings, flavorings, preservatives, those sorts of things I really want out of the diet. Um, It's not just for gut health either. It's usually for all over well-being. That's not a bad thing to avoid full stop. Um, So that would be one of the things that I'd actively get people to take out. So unfortunately these days commercial breads and things like that, apart from I suppose the aspect that, you know, uh, gluten can be a problem for people or, you know, what's actually, you know, the ingredients can sometimes be an issue. They'll often contain stabilizers, emulsifiers, preservatives and things like that in there, let alone breakfast cereals, which is a whole other kettle of fish really as well, unless you're making your own <laughs> or getting something that's really, really good for you. I know that you've got your hands, you know, your hands all over that. You know how to do that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's um, it's that would be probably one of the biggest things around removing those sorts of foods. When we dive in a little bit deeper, and um, I'm a GAPS practitioner, uh, and so one of the aspects of the GAPS diet is we actually tend to remove all grains and starches because if people have um, compromised gut health, that can be really difficult for their guts to be able to handle as well. I like to liken it to if someone's got a really red inflamed area and you're rubbing sandpaper over it basically Mm. by adding in these fibres sometimes. So um, moving away from that can actually really help to take a bit of the load off the digestive system so it can not have something that's irritating it in there for a long period of time as well. That's a great analogy because it really does it really does feel like that as well, doesn't it? And when you take them out, what a difference. It's um yeah, it's like night and day, really. I was I, I always think of it as like twigs. Uh, that like you think about twigs and your gut lining, which is so, so thin, just kind of like room, roaming around and irritating it and poking little holes through it. Um yeah, who wants that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's like, yeah, exactly that twigs. Or you've got a fire in there and you don't want to keep feeding that fire with different things too. You want to kind of let that reduce and see what's going on underneath as well and that's where taking those foods out I think are really helpful Mm. and is that an easy one for people to do or do you get a bit of pushback with that a lot of pushback um especially if people so I do find that if people know a little bit about gap start before they speak to me they're pretty much already on board with the idea that these things will be removed from the diet um but I do still have people say to me really do I really have to do it I'm like, well, you know, you don't essentially don't have to do anything, but my best recommendation is that, yes, you do. <laughs> you will feel better with it. Um, and it's surprising, actually, when people do start to feel better with it, they go, wow, why didn't I do this before? Like, yeah, it's a really, really interesting um, thing that happens because often people feel really unwell with these foods in their diet. Mm, yeah but you don't know anything you don't know any different and then you're just feeling so rubbish that it kind of feels really too hard to make a change like I know I've been there it's a it's a horrible place to be but can be so rewarding if you can make those changes now but you you mentioned um gaps uh, when you were just talking to us then can you tell us a little bit about how the gut and psychology syndrome or GAPS approach has influenced your practice and how it can benefit people dealing with conditions like anxiety and OCD Yeah, and look, I can speak personally about this as well because this is something that I have suffered with or had suffered with quite some time as well. Um, And uh, it was quite incredible. I quite really wanted to do learn how to 
do the GAPS diet for a really long time before I actually did it as well. Um, it just took a bit of percolating in the back of my mind for a period of time before I went, yes, this is the path I want to go down. And um, for me, I suffered from very high, high anxiety for most of my adult life, which definitely got um, significantly worse since the birth of my son. He's 11 now. Um, and I have uh, OCD-like tendencies where I would have to count, touch things three times, um, mm-hmm. make sure the door was locked three times, make sure the kettle was locked three times. And it used to take me a really long time to leave the house. Um, and there'd be a lot of double checking of things or triple checking of things really uh, for me. And those were my behaviours. Um, being an naturopath for, uh, I've been a naturopath for now 20 years, which is going to show my age definitely, but um, 20 years I've been in the industry and I've, you know, managed my symptoms with herbs, I've, um, with supplements before, I have removed gluten from my diet um, probably a good solid 10 to 15 years ago now as well. And all those things helped, but nothing seemed to really get to that root cause that um so you know i'd wake up in the middle of the night with intrusive thoughts and not be able to sleep and um racing heart and uh just almost to the point where i was not able to do what i needed to do in the day like i just couldn't function with that there you know it would take me so long to get things done and and double check check. Mm -hmm. and when you become a gaps practitioner they make you do the intro gaps intro diet so there's two parts of the gaps diet there's full gaps in this intro and intro is a very pared down diet where we take um, a lot of different foods out like starches and your grains but we add in really nutrient dense healing foods in and by the third week of being on the intro diet I completely disappeared my um, my OCD type tendencies and my anxiety was virtually at nil and that had wow. never happened in my entire life before um, so for me it was a profound experience that it sounds really quite a bit <laughs> zealous but very profound experience um doing the gaps diet and now i've seen this with clients time and time again things you would never sometimes even think would be connected to gut health um you know they make these dietary changes and they move through the process and things will resolve so people don't often think of anxiety i think or ocd as being related to the gut which is why i sort of um, talk about it a little bit more because those things do have um quite strong links to what's happening in our digestive system Mm, yeah, well, I can vouch for it as well. I know that um, anxiety and and depression not not really like a down in the dumps, but just like what's the point? Feeling like mm, yeah, what's the point? Just feeling like getting so overwhelmed just with like day to day simple tasks like laundry and cooking dinner. Like that was about as much as I could cope with. And, and you just think, well, and now when you now look at what you know, you couldn't even function during the day. You couldn't leave the house without triple checking everything. And now you've got on to do what you do, helping other people. You know, you, you can turn it around. You can get out of that and and go on and and live a great life and and help other people. And when you've had that profound experience yourself, it is almost like a, I don't know, like you, you get sort of this self transcendence thing, don't you? Really? Like, oh my goodness, I have to, I've got to help other people. <laughs> this is amazing. It's life changing, and and it's great. I love what you do, and yeah, and it's it's great that you've actually had that experience because otherwise, you know, you wouldn't be able to relate to your. Um, your clients and um, and help them on their journey as well. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very, very cool. So I'm really curious about um, your perspective on the relationship between food and mental health. So given your expertise in anxiety and OCD, how can specific dietary changes positively impact these conditions? And what, I mean, you did touch on herbs a little bit as well. And, you know, I'm the same as you, you know, like, spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars getting herbs and you take them and these revolting tasting tonics and supplements and that's great but you kind of run out or you forget to take them whereas you know food is wonderful but herbs can help as well so 
what what yeah. kind of uh, supporting role do they play in mental well-being Beg? Yeah, absolutely. I think they're wonderful um, as something to be able to prop people up largely. Mm-hmm. So if you're, um, say, low mood or low motivation, potentially you might um, need some B vitamins. Just an example out there, and I know this isn't a herb, it's more of a nutrient there, but potentially you might need some B vitamins. And those B vitamins you know, improve your energy and help you to feel better. But then what we want to be doing underneath is working on the diet to increase the amount of foods that might contain those things in there or working out why your B vitamins aren't being absorbed well, utilised well, or, um, you know, I suppose your body's not taking them in as we would normally expect. Or maybe you're using up more of them um, than you should be. So herbs are very similar too. So herbs can gently nudge and gently support like the nervous system and it can support um, your adrenals because they play a bit of a part, particularly in in anxiety type states. Um, And even supporting, I suppose, brain function as well is a really big part when we're looking at things like um, anxiety and OCD. Um, they'll help to downregulate inflammation and it depends on the herb. So turmeric is a good example. It's, a, it's an anti-inflammatory herb. It can have anti-inflammatory properties and often that's used in high anxiety states with people as well because it just helps to bring down any inflammation that might be um, behind that as well. So they're all great. But then if you work on the dietary side of things and, you know, I suppose inflammation is a really good example. We want our diets to not be pro-inflammatory, so not to have foods that are going to drive inflammation in our bodies. We would much rather them to be anti-inflammatory. So making sure that, you know, you've got lots of fruits and vegetables are a really good example. Um, Taking out grains is, as we spoke about before, is part of that because for a lot of people, grains can be inflammatory um, and it can drive a lot of the symptoms like anxiety and and, um, even OCD type of pictures as well for some people so um i suppose i don't know if i've completely gone off topic with the question i was getting very excited there and I've gone off on a <laughs> tangent a, a little bit i think what was the question again i don't know i was listening it was very <laughs> interesting i was hanging on every word it was more about yeah the herbs and the supporting role uh in mental yeah. well-being yeah so we're looking at supporting really while we're doing any any sort of root cause work underneath so finding out why this is there for someone and what kinds of things we can pop in place so that then when we don't need the supplements anymore, forget to take them, um, you know, just get a bit over supplementation full stop because that can happen as well. Um, you've got things that are propping you up and supporting you underneath with with lots of lots of the time dietary and lifestyle work. Yeah, and it really is like what a difference. Like I've always been a little bit like this with gaps. <laughs> you know, <but> I'm <laughs> a little bit like, oh, no, don't, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. I don't have to go down that route. But, you know, I did full gaps, um, didn't have to go too far, you know, because um, I've done a lot of work on the food side of things, but it was more for me bringing in the healing foods, like making meat stock more of a like an everyday thing, and getting more of the egg yolks in, and um, all the diet, the digestive things, you know, like the kvass and the um, the boiled beetroots in the apple cider vinegar and the apple cider vinegar and the lemon juice and the kefir like it's just so many things you know you feel like oh I didn't really make much changes to how I was eating it was still kind of like meat and veg um cut out mm. potatoes completely um yeah but but then it was that bringing in those different foods which that really it really fills your plate you don't feel like you know it's so colorful and pretty on purples and sauerkrauts and all sorts of things you know um absolutely yeah and what a difference you don't feel like you're missing out yeah, you don't feel like you're missing out. And what a difference that is to that's so sustainable. It's just easy to do versus, you know, I've been in, in some circumstances where I've been taking like up to 13 different supplements a day. 
Yeah. And you're just like they're chugging all these tablets down and it's just not, I don't know, like it, I don't know, maybe it helped a little bit, but it didn't, it didn't feel like it got to the root cause. So I really do um, love the the food as medicine and, and get into that root cause. And it's just, it's amazing when you, when you support your body like that, what, what it can achieve by itself. It's amazing. Yeah. It never fails to, yeah amaze me what sort of you know a couple of changes to like you said adding things in generally to the mm-hmm. diet and then you get these amazing changes in people and it's like wow and all you've done like essentially you've added meat stocks one of our healing foods you've added mm-hmm. meat stock of fermented foods and the changes we could get are just yeah absolutely incredible mm. but then you know you didn't have to give up all your favorite things either no yes so i had a bit I of know. coffee in there so i had a glass of wine in there um, you know, which is great, and um, this is doable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome. Hundred percent. So it's funny because you know I've worked with you, and then I was actually uh, ringing, looking, doing some research, doing some pod pitches, trying to get myself onto new uh, podcasts, and up popped you. I was like, it's yes, how funny <laughs> that you, you've got your Natural Mama podcast, and you've had the opportunity to educate diverse audiences from parents to corporate groups. So how do you adapt that message? Because I would imagine it's a lot easier to kind of like share a message with somebody who's on board, you know, like a mum versus like a hubby <laughs> who are sometimes with yeah. comments. So and what are like your um, tips for addressing different audiences and what are some of the most common misconceptions that you encounter that you feel are, are worth mentioning? Yes, um, definitely. Well, there's, there's quite a few misconceptions, but I'll leave that part <laughs> to the uh, to the end. <laughs> um, I guess I just want to make it uh, healthy eating and um, you know dietary changes as accessible to people as possible. So um, we I'll always talk about building blocks usually to people, to, and that's really depends on whether or not. Say if you're talking to a mum or a family or or a woman, we'll be talking about building blocks that might underpin their particular. Uh, concern that they've come in for and if you get people that are a little bit more resistant I tend to often refer to research because there is a lot of research to back up the different things that we're saying as well um, and to you know see that especially when it comes to gut health there's been an explosion in research sometimes people are like one of the things I often get um, said is uh, oh you're a naturopath oh I believe in science well yep yeah, oh. that's great I do I've got a science <laughs> degree as well <laughs> and um, yeah so often that's one way I might combat that and you know sort of talk about the research and the different things that are coming up and this is things that are accessible for people if they want to go and have a bit of a check that I'm telling them what's what mm. you know what's really what or whether or not I'm just sort of making up stuff as I go along so often when people are a little bit resistant I do sort of uh, talk about things that um, might be being looked at in a more scientific way and that can sometimes help people to to be a little bit more on board I often need to reassure people that I'm not going to take away all their favorite foods as well that's usually a big one to sort of get people on board so <laughs> uh, add things in not necessarily mm. take them away just yet but yeah you you see how you feel those sorts of things so I will um I suppose cater depending on what's sitting in front of me so what symptoms the people are experiencing so so if it is a skin condition um you know that can really impact on on how people feel you know it can really impact on confidence uh so talking about i suppose the different building blocks we need for skin and how we're going to drop inflammation and in the case of eczema which we're talking about before as well um that would be something that i would start with even if people are a little bit reluctant even if they give it one or two weeks just make a little change and see how you feel about it see if you're noticing a difference mm-hmm. there and that can often you know once we sort of start to see some changes or people start to feel a bit better that makes a big difference as well to to how they feel about all the different things I would be suggesting for them too 
Yeah, I um, like that. That like yeah. n equals one. You know, like be your be your own test on yourself. Be your own experiment. And I think that like you know when I first found out about grain free, I couldn't think of anything more like obscure and, and crazy based on the way that we've been you know socialized in terms of having 13 serves of grain products a day I just thought it was absolutely crazy but then when you you have that like you know that profound moment that you explained it and for me it was like a veil had lifted and suddenly you know you suddenly feel amazing and the colors are brighter and the the music on the radio sounds amazing and you suddenly get your joy de vivre back you know your reason for being and um I think you know when you've had that experience it doesn't matter what the science says when you felt it yourself you know you're on the right track right absolutely and I think you have for you know sorry for the pun a real gut feeling sorry I love puns um I know right about what what is working for you and what's not so yeah it's yeah it's funny actually because I'll often say people say to me oh I'd love cheese I love dairy I love milk and all of that and then a little bit later be like but I think that's the issue so they've already kind of got an understanding of what's happening all right then this is the reasons why I think it might be an issue and then sort of talk to them about taking it out for a short period of time just to see how it yeah. goes and often you're right once that veil is lifted and people are feeling better you know it's such a yeah once they know um what the other side looks like I think too it's, yeah and it, it doesn't need to be like I sort of I sort of thought it was going to be like a kind of two-year slog or something and it doesn't need to be like I saw results in the first week I was like oh my goodness and I was posting like pictures of my arm being completely red raw with eczema and then the week later it was so much better and then it just kind of like petered out it still gets like a tiny tiny bit like if I've got a change in hormones you know, if I'm getting my period or something or if I've been like super super stressed it'll just go beep, 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 beep. don't forget I could still be here keep looking after yourself and then it goes away again <laughs> but this is, <laughs> this is gonna be the first year in two years back that you know it's summer I don't need to worry about wearing sleeveless dresses or like, you know, going for a swim in the ocean and getting all salty and salty eczema is not nice. And, you know, so just amazing. So I'm, I'm so amazing. Yeah. I'm really yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. yeah. and you and I remember seeing your pictures coming up on social media as well. And it was just like, yeah, just incredible. Like you said, such small things. And then I see these big changes. It's quite, quite amazing. Yeah. The root cause, which yeah. for me was a, as Elise would describe it, a blocked sink, which is a, congested liver which is not surprising after nearly 50 years on the planet of everything in the world um yeah so <laughs> unblock the sink and off we go so that was that was fun uh, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna get Elise on the podcast actually to talk about detoxing and unblocking sinks because uh that's quite an interesting yes yes she's conversation. <laughs> Yeah, and she's very good at explaining it really really well she is, she is. I think that might be a good one for after Christmas when people feel like their sinks need unblocking yeah <laughs> that's it there's definitely a clog there <laughs> so have you got any other I'm quite interested in these like other common misconceptions that people have like any other ones yeah def- definitely I get a bit of the I believe in science thing that's probably the biggest the misconception biggest which I think is always um really interesting um and then I get people asking me if I'm going to make them eat rabbit food so that's another thing as well um a lot of the time and I'm like well yes in part because vegetables are good for you but also you know you can still have your meats and mm. you know you can still have fruits and you can they're still fun in food I think that's 
the idea is that we're a bit of fun killers, I think, when it comes to food. So um, you're taking away all the things that I like. So there's nothing I can enjoy, you know, we're the fun police. Um, and that's a huge misconception, both in the naturopathic world, I think, and in the GAPS world, whenever you're working with dietary stuff, I think. Mm. So, yeah, people are sort of already going, well, you're going to take away my coffee and you're going to, you know, make me just eat vegetables all day and, you know, everything's going to be bland and tasteless and I'm going to be so bored. And, yeah, you sort of have to talk people with her and go, no, you know, these things are actually really delicious. You've just got to try them and see how you go. I promise I won't take away your coffee at the moment. Like, don't worry. And if I do, I'll, I'll slowly step by step take you there but you don't have to give it up <laughs> and not forever if you don't want to so yeah I think that's probably another one of the big misconceptions and I um it's really funny because often we'll do like meat stock challenges and I'll tend to meat stock challenges and things like that as part of the clinic meat stock's actually delicious to drink like it makes up the basis of soups and casseroles and stews and gravies and all sorts of wonderful things uh, it's really actually quite a nice thing to have but there's this big perception that it tastes them to taste like watery meat like meat water, mm. sorry, meat water. That's what mm. I'm thinking of there. So yeah, when people actually start to drink it, they go, "Oh my gosh, it's so nice!" I'm like, "There you go, it's lovely. Go for it." Yeah, <laughs> and beetroots are good, so we're going to pop those in next, and <laughs> you know those sorts of things too. So, like you said, on the plate, there's lots of color. It's interesting. There's you know foods you actually want to eat um, in there. We, uh, you know, things that really kind of get your mouth watering. You're like, "Oh, delicious! I'd really want to try that." that will be the basis of your meals. They won't sort of be bland, boring and uh, only full of Brussels sprouts and um, kale. Yeah, and if you come, like, if you, think, if you think about like grain foods, like your know, bread, crackers, that kind of thing, they're very, that is cardboard. It's very tasteless. It's very bland. And then when you move yeah. away from, um, you know, grains and starches and move toward, more towards fats and proteins, that's so much more tasty. Like a steak with yes. butter on, broccoli with butter on, or something cooked in ghee. You're just like, are you kidding me? This is just delicious. And you don't need a lot. I, I find that we're buying less food because you've got so many, like we call it condiments. Do you want condiments? Yeah. And there you've got your crab, you've got your beetroot, <laughs> and then you've got your, you know, um, 24, 24-hour sour cream that you have a blob of that on. And, and really all you need is a bit of protein and a few veggies, and there's a meal without without much effort at yeah. all. Yeah, and once you've done the initial sort of cooking like or making crowd or doing the ferments, there's actually not to it. You can throw together a meal, a really good meal, really quickly with all those mm. sorts of bits and pieces as well. I do find that. I think as you move to more nutrient-dense foods, things like the breads and the crackers and things like that, are just not as full of nutrients as your proteins and your fats and things like that. Once you move to more nutrient-dense food, um, you find that you don't need as much usually you may feel fuller earlier than what you would normally do um and you do feel a lot better once you've eaten too less bleeding less feeling heavy in the gut it's it's such a big change for people when they do um, move to those more nutrient dense foods it's really exciting it is so exciting all right so uh final question for you Beck is in your practice you've been focusing on supporting people with food intolerances so can you elaborate a bit on the challenges that people face with food intolerances and share some practical tips you found effective to help your clients manage intolerances while still enjoying we kind of talked a little bit about this still enjoying a, a varied and satisfying diet because people like it's human nature that we hate deprivation like if as soon as you tell yourself i can't have chocolate or wine or any of the life's joys it's all you can think about <laughs> that's right i know it's just that thing where you go hot chips hot chips hot chips, hot chips. <laughs> 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 oh yes that's happened to me before um 
Yeah, well, I've been working with food intolerances for quite some time, even before I um, worked as a GAPS practitioner as well. I used to say it was my gluten-free, dairy-free, butter and bread, really. I'd see people with intolerances and we would work on gut health to kind of support them through it. Um, so gut, looking at your gut health is a really fundamental part of, of uh, working with food intolerances because when your gut is working better, then sometimes you can tolerate foods that you wouldn't necessarily mm. have been able to tolerate before. And just making a distinction between allergy, which is very different, to intolerances there as well. So that's something to keep in mind. But what I do find that most people with intolerances struggle with is the loss of social connection through meals, shared meals and things like that. So they're not necessarily able to go out with friends or they might feel like it's too difficult to go out with friends if they have a number of food intolerances or eating at um, you know, families' houses becomes quite difficult as well. And it can be really isolating for people. So looking to address that I think is a really important thing for not only their physical well-being but also their social and mental well-being as well and that all is very much interconnected or it's a holistic way I suppose of looking at what's happening for people too so um, I would tend to when you're looking at food intolerances uh, give tips to people like if they do happen to eat out there's usually foods that they can eat it's just knowing what to choose or knowing what to ask for if they have to call the restaurant or cafe or, or friend or family's house ahead and just say look I can't really eat these things do you mind if I bring something along or you know there's lots of different options there so understanding what they can eat is a really important thing because often when they see different practitioners around intolerance it's always what you can't eat so don't touch gluten and that that now means bread pasta um crackers uh sauces seasoning on chips ice you know cream. you name it all sorts of it's an ice, ice cream. cream i know crazy can you believe it mm. um so as i said they walk out going well that's awesome <laughs> what can i eat so actually offering some really great alternatives i think is really important um so they know what they are able to eat and then they can make ch- choices based off that is really important um and i think that also just having an understanding or having someone that they can speak to that has an understanding of what that what these food intolerances might mean for them because there is and I see this on the internet a lot where people go oh I just wanted to check if you still have the intolerance and then feed the food to the person who has the intolerance and they feel quite ill so I think just having support good support network and people who can talk or you know help talk through these kinds of things with you or want to listen to you is a really important part as well of um of just being able to deal with intolerances on a day-to-day basis but generally speaking working out what the root cause of your intolerance might be goes a long way to kind of um, really support and try and I suppose resolve some of those issues that you might have with foods so if you had for example um, leaky gut which is when our intestinal barrier which is one cell layer thick they should that each cell should sit next to each other nice and tight held together by tight something called tight junctions um, and that's a semi-permeable membrane so water and nutrients can move through one way but it stops anything else or things that we don't want moving across um, if that barrier becomes leaky hence the leaky gut name um, then things cross that barrier that shouldn't and our body goes hang on a second you don't belong there and we'll often have a response to where you don't feel very well you might get bloated um, uh, feeling really fatigued after eating, brain fog is another big one that comes up with food intolerances a lot of the time. Um, and I myself, if I eat anything that has gluten in it, I could fall asleep straight after it and mm. I just struggle to think. It's like thinking through cotton wool like this in my brain. <laughs> I can't, can't get out. Um, those sorts of things can often, um, you know, be very helped along by addressing that leaky gut side of things. So looking at the gut health, making sure that barrier is nice and strong, having the building blocks for those barriers as well. And supporting our good bacteria, our good, you know, healthy microbiome, 
as well. So that's, I suppose, one the area that I would be looking at when looking at those sorts of intolerances as well. I feel like I've left something out of that question, so I'm just going to check. What well, I think we're... you covered it really yes. well. It's like what challenges are people facing, what can they do about mm. it, and make sure that they're still enjoying a, a, a varied and, and yummy diet. Yeah, yeah. Basically talk to people. If you're not sure what to eat, it's always an alternative. And look, for things like gluten and um, if people have gluten intolerances and there's a large number of the population that do, um, meat and vegetables and fruit are all naturally gluten-free. So you don't have to worry about, um, you know, those sorts of things being on your plate as well. And again, there's lots of colour, there's lots of variation. So um, yeah, just finding things that you enjoy that aren't going to flare you up is a really big part of that too. Yeah. And I always find that... um, because I have a group of friends and we've all got different problems. Um, so I'm like paleo primal and I have a friend who's celiac and then I have a friend who is a dairy-free vegetarian. So she's not a vegan because she eats eggs. But So that's quite a broad spectrum of weirdos, right? But we can get together. I swear down, this is the most tasty food we ever eat. We all get together every six weeks. We have curry club and everyone cooks a curry. There's rice, right, because – you know, that's gluten-free. So that's another thing. If you're just focusing on getting rid of the gluten, yes. you know, I might have a bit of rice that night, no big shakes, but it's a, it's an easy one. Everyone can have it. And Rosie will bring like a vegetarian curry. Um, Kamal and Joss will bring like a meaty curry. I'll bring a meaty curry and they'll be like dal and they'll be like salads and um, bhajis and poppadoms and chutneys and uh, uh, fermented lime chutneys. It's just it's so nutrient dense and delicious and it can satisfy everyone. And I think that some, like we have taken that group from being a bunch of weirdos that couldn't really go out to restaurants anywhere and get something decent, you know, um, yeah, especially yeah. a dairy-free vegetarian, unless you want to have like a eggplant salad or something. There was not a lot in yeah. the, in the pubs and restaurants <laughs> for my friend, but this way we, we've really found a way to kind of celebrate our different um, tastes and come up with something really cheap and fun and and it's awesome so yeah and and like i always think of roast dinner is a good one as well like you know meat and veg you can't go wrong with that either can you yeah there's not a lot of people who don't like a roast you know (laughs) that's it but it's as paleo as and paleo and full gaps as it gets right (laughs) yeah yeah exactly so a lot of the foods that you'd probably people would probably be quite familiar with are well and truly fit the bill when we look at gaps Mm. and things like that as well Mm. yeah which is a few things that you'd leave out yeah Yeah, it's awesome makes it nice and easy so before becky mentioned a meat stock challenge and i know that the way that i got to working with you was on like a 10 days to reset your digestion which was the start and then i did the meat stock challenge and then i did like a longer kind of three month um program and the way that i like working with you and well belly um health is that it's um it's it's so much contact you know, like there's a support group, there's a chat on Zoom every week and there's a like telegram chat group. So you can be like, oh, does this sour cream look like it's all right? And is it all right to have this? And what about that? And you, it's just so much scaffolding. I, I felt like it was um, around the journey that you have, because any change that you make in health and, and dietary changes is is quite overwhelming and healing is is quite a it's an intense time and I really found that really beneficial. So if people wanted to have more of that kind of approach versus, you know, what I've done in the past was go and see a naturopath once every three months and kind of fumble through on your own and just searching for stuff on Instagram, <laughs> fumbling along. <laughs> um, what, are those, what are some of the ways that people could get to work with you? 
Yeah. Well, I um, work at uh, Well Belly Health Clinic um, with the least. We're a GAPS-based uh, clinic. Um, so if you're interested in, in GAPS in any way, shape or form, please, you know, just drop us a line and um, we're more than happy to answer questions. And that's pretty much, um, I suppose, uh, one of the main ethoses. I hope I'm not, you know, speaking um, out of line with uh, Alicia, but one of the ethoses of the clinic is that we provide that kind of support and really help people to understand what we're trying to do. Um, and any dietary change is hard. So the more that we can support people through it, and especially when you're making foods that are super unfamiliar to you. So fermented foods isn't that for a lot of people. You know, what do you what do you mean? I've got to put bacteria in this and let it sit on the bench for 24 hours. That feels <laughs> like that's not a good thing, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and just being able to ask those questions, and they might feel like they're a silly question, but they're really not because we want you to feel, you know, uh, comfortable and happy with the dietary changes you're making, things like that. Um, we've got a couple of different ways we can we can work with you in that respect. So we do offer one-on-one appointments. We offer um, small group coaching as well, which is one of the programs that you did. And we have online courses. Um, we have 10-day challenges. So there's the 10 days of gut healing, which is a meat stock challenge. And we have 10 days to kickstart digestion, which is uh, more general, generally looking through the different parts of digestion and ways to support that. Um, and we run these several times a year. They're quite uh, The 10-day challenges are quite affordable. Yeah, it's um, like so under 100 people, bucks, you know, isn't it? Like under, under, 100 under 80. Bucks. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, that's right. And we do, like I said, we do one call a day, uh, one live call a day over those 10 days where we answer people's questions, talk about a certain aspect of digestion or meat stock, depending on which course you're in. And then um, there's a Telegram group where you can ask all your silly questions and all your very clever questions as well um, to sort of find out, you know, what's your next step or does yeah, does this ferment look right? You know, I've, I've cooked my meat stock for two hours. Is that enough? Those sorts of questions. And we can talk you through, um, you know, ways to, uh, you know, improve things or let you know that that's okay. We love questions. The more questions, the merrier. You know, we love having conversations with people about these sorts of things. So, yeah, they're really great places to start. We have, I know, I'm not sure when this podcast will, well, this, um, will come out, but we do have a Kickstart Digestion 10-day um, challenge coming up at mid-November. I think it starts the 20th of November. Um, and then next year we'll have plenty more as well through Well Belly House. Yeah, and there's a primal alternative discount code as well, which I will pop yeah. in the show notes so you can get, I think it's 20% off actually, 10 to 20% off. I'll have to double check because I'm just finalizing that with Elise. Um, but it's all good because <laughs> yeah. it's already so affordable and then you get that discount. Yeah. Um, and I really I really like the digestive one because it talked you through like the mechanics of it so you understood. You know, if I says, oh, chew your food, swallow your liquids and whatever, chew, what is it? chew your liquids and sp- swallow your solids yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. but then when you actually find out why and this is what's happening in this phase and then that goes to that phase and you're like wow and I was like wow and I was like telling everyone at dinner you're like and guess what and tomorrow we're going to learn about the stomach yeah and what happens when the food hits the stomach <laughs> it's just I it amazing <laughs> it was so good to understand all the different processes because then you understand why you need to support that. And, you know, if you're not digesting, yeah. you're not chewing your food, if it's not, if your stomach acid is low in your stomach, then no wonder you're going to end up with, you know, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, bloating, pain, you know, it makes sense. It's amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love I know the <laughs> digestion is incredible. Yes. <laughs> and I love talking about it. <laughs> I geeked out on it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. So Instagram and Facebook at Beck the Naturopath. If anybody wants to yes. follow Beck, she's lovely. And I want to send you a gift for being on the show. So I would love to send you a couple of Primal Alternative goodies, which are a really cool way to, if you're ditching the grains and you still want pizza and 
pastry and bread and cookies and what else have I missed out? Granola, cereals. You know, it's an easy swap. Your Vegemite on toast, you can just have primal alternative toast. <laughs> That's it. Nutrient-dense toast. I like it. I yeah. like it. And then my dad can stop looking at me funny because he's Italian and he still can't work out why I'm not eating gluten. Yeah. He's like, but bread, bread. Pasta, <laughs> like, That's pasta. okay. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so what have you tried anything from our range and what would do you have any favorites uh, or shall I surprise you I love the fat and seedy loaf that does make me very excited with some avocado mm. oh my gosh it's amazing mm. um and I did have it with bacon our last retreat well belly had um a retreat and that was one of the the uh, things that was on offer and I also very much like the granolas I don't think I've tried much else actually um but yeah they're fantastic I've got my eye on your wraps be honest i've been looking they're at them not they're not starch bit. free though those ones ah that's maybe what why i was sort of like oh maybe not yet <laughs> maybe not yet. okay well yeah. i'll send you some uh actually no i don't know if i can do it yet but did you know this is exciting that we're doing a well belly granola did you know we're <gasps> collaborating on a product how cool is that so, i did not know this i'm excited so exciting and it's just a, like a genuine <laughs> love you know mutual brand because you know well belly loves primal alternative and it's the it's perfect you know it's a perfect match so our low carb granola is completely gaps friendly apart from the fact that we use maple syrup as the sweetener ah yeah and that's mostly because then it's plant-based it's vegan so it's a bigger market you know for for primalistas but we're we're going to do a well belly variation that's going to have honey as a sweetener so then it's going to be gaps ah, compliant. How cool is that? Yay. Oh, that's really good. And especially find it summertime, that's where people kind of struggle as well with like, what, what can I eat? I don't really feel like anything hot. Um, yes. So that granola would be incredible. I'll be telling all my clients about that. Tell them. And it's going to be, yeah, it's going to oh. be on the Well Belly shop. It's going to be um, available from Primalistas. It's going to be everywhere, which is going to be really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm moving into that, you know, getting a bit bored of hot eggs and bacon and I've just actually ordered some uh, low-carb granola from my local Primalista and I've got my 24-hour yogurt and I'm going to, yeah, and get some berries because they're all coming into season yeah. and that's just such a good breakfast uh, for this time exactly. of year. Exactly. That's a, that's a summer one for sure. Yum. Absolutely. Amazing. <laughs> Becky, th- thank you so much for being such an incredible guest. I really loved our chat. It's been so much fun. Oh, it's been lovely talking to you. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much. I've been so excited about talking to you all week. <laughs> Likewise. Thank you so much. (laughs) If you want to learn how to create and sell nutritious, honest food, help more people, be part of a supportive community and start your own home business that's in alignment with your highest values, then the Primalista license is for you. Head over to primalalternative.com to find out how this works. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.